Welcome to MFM Speaks Out. This is the official podcast of the nonprofit advocacy organization founded and led by Sarab Sadat Lajavardi called Musicians for Musicians. MFM seeks to bring together musicians from all disciplines, styles, traditions, and locations in the cause of their mutual self-betterment. Whether through education, networking, or political action, MFM's ultimate goal is to elevate the work of all musicians to the level of a true profession. We encourage you to get involved by using the hashtags on social media, hashtag unity in the music community, and hashtag making music as a profession. And we encourage you to visit musiciansformusicians.org and to join our organization. If you'd like to become a supporter, you may do so by visiting our website. Again, that's musiciansformusicians.org. Our guest today is Neil Mergai. Neil is a sitarist, overtone singer, percussionist, composer, teacher, and a co-founder and co-artistic director of the Brooklyn Raga Massive, a Raga-inspired musicians collective. He is a graduate of Goddard College's MFA in Interdisciplinary Arts program and studied sitar with pundit Ravindra Goswami. Neil's music ranges from Indian classical to original compositions and contemporary cross-cultural collaborations. Neil has worked with a diverse array of artists and ensembles, including Adam Rudolph, Wycliffe Jean, Cindy Lauper, Karsh Kalei, Samir Chatterjee, Dr. Lonnie Smith, Laraji, Baba Israel, Andre De Shields, Mission on Mars, Akim Funk Buddha, Lauren Connors, Samir Gupta, Mark Carey, Jay Gandhi, Haunted House, and Cosmo Vinyl. He has performed at Lincoln Center, the Kennedy Center, the Blue Note, at festivals around the U.S., and has appeared on the David Letterman Show and on a music video for Will Smith's Bel Air. Before we begin, let's listen to some of Neil's music. This is a piece that was released on the Quarantine Compilation by the Brooklyn Raga Massive. This is called Begeshri Unbound. Thank you. 
Uh, Neil, thank you so much for joining us at MFM Speaks Out. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Dawood. All right. It's good to have you. Anyway, uh, let's get started. Uh, you have had a very, very interesting career. Uh, how, do, how did you get started doing what you do? Um, well, I actually played, uh, you know, back when I was young, I played trombone growing up in school, mm -hmm. school band. And, and then I went on to play guitar as, in college while I was studying civil engineering. And, um, you know, then I, I just decided that I, I wasn't really interested in engineering and uh, went to India for kind of a, a gap year, you could say, mm -hmm. after after I finished and uh, spent a year and a half in India. And that's when I started learning sitar and taking that very seriously. Somehow, you know, 27 years later, it's, you know, the main thing that I do. Um, but yeah, I studied uh, sitar in India for a while. Uh, in that year, I lived in India, a year and a half, um, and then came back. And now I've been learning with uh, my teacher, Pandit Krishna Bhatt. Mm -hmm. um, for a number of years, I studied with him here in New York and uh, and in, in India. Less so during the pandemic, of course, but yeah. uh, there's a long history there. Oh, that's a whole other ball of wax. Yeah. Yeah. You also do other uh, musical things. I, uh, uh, you do yeah. uh, throat singing. How did you get into that and how do you incorporate uh, that into what you do? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I started hearing it actually in those sessions at baby Jupiter where there was like, we were playing with the Akim funk Buddha and, oh, yes. and the fusion. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there were late night, it was, it was a jam, like it went late night and all kinds of musicians were sitting in, including yourself at some point. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just started hearing it in my voice one day singing on the mic, just kind of hearing it. And then it just so happened that there were some workshops being given by, uh, this band called, uh, uh, they're from the Buryat Republic. They're called Uragsha. Mm -hmm. And they were actually doing shows every year at La Mama Theater um, uh, with Yara Arts Group. And uh, so they put on these plays. And while they were there, they would give these workshops on, on the overtone singing, and, you know, the, the, <clears throat> the Mongolian, Siberian style of, of, of overtone singing. So, I, I, you know, I started to learn with that and then later on learned from Timothy Hill, who was a founding member of the Harmonic Choir, uh, David Hike's Harmonic Choir that started in New York, I think, in the 70s or 80s and, like, kind of developed some of their own tech, used the the Mongolian techniques, but developed some of their own techs, uh, techniques based on vowel sounds and, mm -hmm. um, and, other, and other stuff. So basically, you can manipulate the overtones. And once I realized I could do it, I've just been, you know, obsessed and become you know, more <laughs> interested in, in polyphonic overtone singing where you can change the note, the root note, and change the overtone. For example... Wow, that's great. And, and so I've been incorporating that a lot into, you know, into my music um, in different ways, doing my own things with it, uh, especially in the last bunch of years, um, doing looping with it and creating these kind of soundscapes. <clears throat> ah. and, I also, and I also play percussion, uh, frame drums. Yeah, I've uh, seen you play uh, DAF. Definitely, DAF is a 22-inch frame drum from mm -hmm. Persia, and I used to play Persian classical and folk music with that. Now I, I, I'm doing my own thing with it. Mm. Um, um, <clears throat> but uh, so especially during the pandemic, I've expanded my looping using Ableton Live and uh, uh, you know incorporating all my instruments, some sitar, some uh, voice, and, and DAF, and uh, just creating these these soundscapes uh, with some elements of raga and primal rhythms and improvisation and of course the droning the voice droning and uh, that's been kind of the new thing for me uh, developing this solo solo work mm. that's that's something that i've noticed is 
actually quite prevalent where uh, people are building new things off of uh, off of the traditions and, uh, you know, different traditional music like uh, uh, you're obviously not a, a raga purist. You've done a lot of very uh, non-traditional things with the sitar. Yeah, it seems like there's an urge to expand on these traditions. Uh, do you think that uh, this could possibly be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm extrapolating ahead maybe a century or so that this might lay the groundwork for a completely new tra- musical tradition or a new set of musical traditions? <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, the, you know, I feel like, you know, what we're doing with, well, with so many artists around the city, but and with Brooklyn Raga Massive, you know, it's like we're creating a new art forms, you know, indigenous to Brooklyn. And, mm. um, and, you know, I feel that, you know, kind of fusion, all music is fusion music, right? Uh, at one point, it was a combination of, of something else. And it becomes traditional once you're, you know, once maybe a couple generations have passed. If your grandmother says it's, it is, then it's traditional, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So so once you get to that point, it becomes traditional. And so these new styles of music that are constantly evolving, constantly, you know, uh, morphing and, you know, and inspiring each other, um, they bring about new forms. And if it sticks around, if it's good enough to stick around for your grandmother to say it's tradition, then, <laughs> then, it's, then it's there. Then it's there, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the Brooklyn Raga Massive. Uh, how did your uh, involvement with them begin, as, both as a performer and then as the uh, artistic director for the the BRM? How did that all start? Yeah, I was uh, a founding. I am a founding member. Um, you know, basically, we we just had, had hit critical mass of musicians living in Brooklyn who were, you know, deep into into the Raga music. Um, the South Asian classical music, you know, uh, you know, uh, Carnatic and, and Hindustani, and of mm. course the fusion stuff. We all played in each other's bands, and I uh, had already been, you know, working on stuff for a number of years, I think. And then one time, I was, we were had this barbecue at uh, Samir Gupta's house, uh, another founding member, and I was just looked at all the people. I said, "This is the Brooklyn Raga Massive right here." And then, uh, <laughs> and at that time, I was actually uh, I, I lived uh, uh, upstate, and um, I had moved back. Actually, my partner at the time she had passed away, and oh. it was the month that I moved back to Brooklyn um, that we we basically formed Brooklyn Raga Massive. I was uh, I was personally looking for a weekly gig as like music therapy for myself, mm-hmm. and. Um, and it became, you know, t- together with all these people, we said, let's make it this jam session. You know, we, we had an idea to, to copy the uh, kind of a jazz jam session format, and um, uh, but based around raga music or, or you know, fusions, you know, we're, we're pretty open with it. So we, we've, uh, so 10 years ago, actually, we just had our 10th anniversary, um, basically last week. Mm. Uh, and uh, we so we started this weekly series. We feature an act that's either classical music or some bands, you know, creative music that has some elements of raga or tala, Indian melodies and rhythms. And um, and then you know it caught on because because we had so many people who were interested and in, and in, in showing up for the jam session and you know inspiring each other and supporting each other and um, I. And you know, developing this community through the jam session every every week for until the pandemic, basically every week. Mm. And um, I and remember we went, those jam sessions, man. Those were those were great, man. Oh my god, so many so many epic jam sessions. And you know, eventually we went on to become a five hundred one c three nonprofit. And um, you know, been slowly developing it. Uh, you know, and playing bigger concerts. Uh, you know, we started off as presenters, really. And mm-hmm. then later, you know, we were presenting this concert series that was all us, you know, and our bands and, and other people, you know, uh, <clears throat> we're inspired by and who approach us. Um, 
but then we went on to develop a repertoire like we we uh we did a tribute to uh to john coltrane john and alice coltrane you know but bringing in the raga elements that was at pioneer works what, the first pioneer time works that. yes yes yeah the first Didn't time I, we did, did i think i played on that gig with you guys yeah, i think it's possible think so, yeah. yeah i'm yeah. pretty sure you yeah yeah some dill robot there mm -hmm. yeah. anyway that's good stuff and so and then many other bands we we formed we we've did a project where we did terry terry riley's in c with an orchestra of 20 people or or more and then we created our own composition in d after that um mm. with also 25 person orchestra we recorded that during the pandemic um and uh you know many other bands of different repertoire combining classical and original compositions and you know uh works by the masters you know cover songs mm. if you will from uh, any genre so so now we are kind of we pre perform as a band you know many different bands and of course we are presenters as well so we're kind of constantly straddling that that mm. line yeah it seems that uh the way that things work these you know in our time our age is that uh that uh, musicians actually have to take the reins and conduct our own business uh, affairs and uh, do things ourselves you know exactly this is an organization that was you know founded by musicians for musicians you know and still a lot of the people that work are doing the work is our musicians still now we have other people which is which is even better <laughs> you know people who are professional at what they're doing as opposed to making it up as as we're still making it up as we go along but yeah. you know it's, we've it's been lucky to have a lot of uh, foundational support institutional support getting a lot of grants and stuff to, mm. to support what we're doing um which is one reason we really uh during the pandemic time of course concerts went away our weekly session went away but we immediately were able to pivot um, to doing online stuff, uh, whereas we had not done much of that before. Um, we kept our online thing going weekly for a while, even more, twice a week. We, in the beginning of the pandemic, we went crazy with it. Mm. and uh, That was our only uh, outlet, really. Yeah, yeah. And it was a big, it was a learning curve for me. I learned all these new technologies and learned how to produce um, online events. Um, and and live streaming and and all that um but you know is uh we were really because we have a good institutional support um we were able to keep going and you know and pay artists as well that was really important to us if we're going to do this um you know workshops with artists or you know concerts that we're live streaming and then archiving in our youtube now we have hundreds of them uh you know from these past two years um, but if we we're going to do that, we wanted to still pay the artists and pay the, you know, whoever's running the session, you know, everybody gets paid. Hmm. Uh, that's something that's, that's really always important to us. Yeah. That's, that's something that's important for, uh, for MFM as well. Uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we're working towards the same purpose, you know, creating, uh, uh, the best music that uh, we possibly can and making sure that people get uh, paid what our work is worth. Yeah. I'm curious about something. Have you, uh, uh, you know, the, the members of the uh, BRM have uh, you ever experienced any unfavorable backlash from traditionalists? Um, I'm just curious. Sure. Everybody has an opinion, yeah, you know, and you're not going to in, a, especially in a collective, you're never going to, never going to please everyone oh yeah of course not. uh but you know we present we present present a lot of the classical music as well so mm. you know and if <clears throat> i'm kind of over all that you know i i if if they don't if people are don't like what we're doing i can't yeah don't let the door hit them on the yeah, back side yeah. on the way out huh but you know you might not okay you might not like our, our this this fusion band maybe you know, if you're if we're presenting you know we used to present you know 70 plus concerts a year even i'm not going to like everything that's that's there in the 70 years but you know we want to support our community and so we we present stuff 
And uh, but you know, but you might not like that one band, but then you're definitely gonna like you know Samarth Nagakar, uh, vocalist uh, concert whose concert is coming up uh, next week, or you know Jay Gandhi and uh, Abhik Mukherjee, you know playing uh, uh, flute and sitar jugalbandi. Mm, um, mm, mm. You know, there's so many. There's there's something for for everyone in there. If you're a fan of raga music, even if you're not a fan of raga music, so we're a good gateway drug. Gateway <laughs> <laughs> drug. Let's take a break. This is a piece from the Brooklyn Raga Massive's quarantine compilation, titled "For Elijah." From his feet, the earth originated. The wind, his breath, space, his ears, the sun and moon, his eyes, the universe, his heart, the Vedas, his speech.
Okay. Uh, now, as you mentioned, during the pandemic, the BRM maintained a very strong online pr uh, presence with uh, both performance and education. And uh, you guys and girls seem to have uh, hit the ground running that the now that the pandemic is lifting. Uh, on Sunday, uh, April 24th, you held a concert at... Uh, at roulette with Adam Rudolph's Go Orchestra Orchestra or blah. Adam Rudolph's Go Organic Orchestra. Um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the business structure of uh, the BRM. How uh, how how was that structured, and how how do you manage to make that so uh, prolific? Because you guys have been very successful at what you do. Yeah. Um... A lot of it, we're, we're making it up as we go along. But, you know, like I said, we are just fearlessly plowing your way through things. huh? Absolutely. Yeah. We, you know, we started when when we became a nonprofit, you know, then uh, then we were able to raise some money through grants. And hmm. we, that's that's how we're we're really able to to keep going at a, at a high level is from all this institutional grant support. Um, we're also, you know, raising money, uh, uh, you know, on a one-on-one -on -one thing. We've had some, you know, some people who have <clears throat> donated money. We've had some uh, <clears throat> fundraisers, you know, gala fundraisers. Um, but really, it's the grants that that's that's helping us going. And we have an executive director um, right now, Praveen Ramamurthy, and yeah, he's amazing doing amazing work as a grant writer and uh mm. you know holding holding us together holding down the, the financial end of it um paying out artists i mean over the course of a year we're paying you know hundreds of artists um easily mm. and so so there's a lot to tr keep track of there and then you know in collaborating with uh, with safe like go uh, organic Ar orchestra and adam rudolph is another level of challenge you know a big band and already a kind of established band adam had his, his own thing and his, this has been his group for a while um did he uh, did he approach you or did you approach him how did that start out good question i think when it actually a couple of us were were working with him already and, ah. and we're, we're in the band like trina basu violinist uh -huh. um she had worked with the orchestra uh as well as um jake charkey a cellist and uh, yeah, I think we approached Adam and wanted to do some kind of collaboration, and then, and this was a logical place to do it. So we had some sessions where he kind of taught us his his language. He has these gestures that he's created um, to conduct the band spontaneously, and including uh, grids and, and and you know charts of music, and um, kind of so like it's been a, interesting, kind of like uh, improvisational conducting. Yes, very much. Yeah, so. like like right. Butch Morris did. Very related to Butch Morris or Walter Thompson's sound mm -hmm. painting. Um, they've each kind of developed their own thing, and uh, you know, Adam is Adam's work is deeply rooted into his you know decades of studying rhythms from around the world, and so there's very specific rhythm rhythms that'll cue up and mm. conduct, and then you know, lots of. And then solos. there's also his collaborations with Dr. Youssef Latif. Yes, yes, mm. amazing. I've been a fan of Adam since yeah the nineties, 
and um, so it's really an honor to get to work with that with that orchestra and um, to bring it back to the kind of yeah. organizational element uh, yeah it's it's you know to work with these uh, so many large bands you know that orchestra is over 30 people you know and our indie project is 25 you know um, uh, it's a lot to to keep that together and so I've learned a lot I never certainly never did anything uh, projects on that scale before BRM and uh, but you know BRM gave me access to this community of of people to uh, to make it happen and you know with our grants we can we can pay people it wasn't mm. that wasn't always the case you know we started out not paying people so much you know we're just you know with the money that came in the door door gigs you know um which is as you know is doesn't always work out yeah so now, now we're at a point where we can you know offer guarantees and you know the door okay if the door we make the door that's great we'll make our money back if not we can afford to lose money on the gig but the musicians get paid mm. The BRM has uh, released several uh, recordings. Do you have a do you have a record label? Not uh not officially. We've certainly talked about that, but um we've just kind of done independent releases so far, but I mean in some ways we're acting as as a record label in our in our releases for sure. We we've also released with Northern Spy Records. Um, mm -hmm. or NC recording, but the rest of the stuff we just kind of released ourselves, mm. um, including our compilation albums, um, various compilation albums. Uh, we have three, one Quarantine quarantine Dreams compilation album, uh, and a couple of others, and then live recordings with our, uh, from their, our Coltrane band and, uh, and other ensembles. So, and of course we support our member ensembles work um not in releasing it but you know we'll help promote it and mm. um yeah and so promoting their concerts as well yeah yeah so it's uh it all kinds of kind of functions as a whole anyway but i would i don't know maybe maybe the formation of a label uh when it's feasible to do it would be the next logical choice yeah and that really continues our you know our mission of service to the artists you know mm -hmm. what can we provide that's going to be valuable to the artists we can create concerts you know create a community um but we can go keep going you know provide pr support and yeah mm. the things that the label yeah what kind of promotion pr and marketing strategies do you you do you guys use? <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> you know that's another thing we make up as we go along. Um, ah, but I'll tell you, the big part of it is, especially early on, is just the community aspect of it. So, especially early on, you know, everybody was like sharing all their stuff. Everybody in our community was sharing all the stuff. So it really seemed. On social media, it's it's we we had a bigger presence that was lifted by that, but it also mm -hmm. felt seemed even bigger than maybe it, it 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 was because the presence was so strong and really you know it went international because we have so many connections to India and all that. Um, so you know, it's, so so there was some 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 instances maybe even like when we we had a gig that was canceled. Or, mm. or we had to change the venue at the last minute and Yikes. we put the word out there and okay this venue canceled on us but we're going to keep the show going to this other thing and like and everybody's <laughs> like sharing it and then the show becomes like way bigger all of a sudden than it was mm. going to mm. be before mm. and uh so we were able to pull off a lot of stuff like that but um you know it's it's hard to, 10 years of you know trying to describe keep describing what we're doing um you know, now we have uh, Mira, Mira Dougal, uh, who is mm -hmm. our communications director, and, and um, we've got a team of, you know, graphic artists and uh, photographer. We're working with Adrian Tillman, amazing photographer. So we're able to produce a lot of great content. And um, now, you know, we have a, a <clears throat> solid, more solid marketing plan for what we're doing every, every month. 
Um, but it's 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 very hard, especially with the amount of you know things that we're putting on to to promote them all, and is is a challenge. We're always trying to improve and figure that out. Yeah, it's a lot of work. The BRM, the Brooklyn Raga Massive, and uh, Musicians for Musicians have been uh, friends since the beginning. Uh, do you see the possibilities of collaborations between us, whether it be performances, recordings, educational endeavors, or, uh, or other uh, forms of uh, music activism? There must be some ways we can, uh, we can work together. I, I welcome yeah finding those those avenues because we're certainly there's many ways we're also expanding our education as well a lot these days um we're actually developing a pilot program right now that's just started in a, a ps school in brooklyn uh we're doing going there for four consecutive weeks and and developing like a curriculum around indian music and culture and um you know, it was one of the many things that we're we're doing these days well i look forward to uh to our organizations uh finding some things to collaborate on i think that uh we can uh, continue to support each other and and accomplish great things together yeah anyway i think that should just about do it uh thank you so much for joining us and for taking the time to speak to us and uh, share Brooklyn Raga Massive's history uh, and uh, and importantly how you do things it's uh, interesting and uh, educational and inspirational to see what you're doing and MFM uh, wishes you and everybody else at the Brooklyn Raga Massive uh, every success thank you so much it's been a pleasure to to chat with you Dawood and catch up a little bit and, yeah yeah uh, it has been a long time yeah yeah we've known each other for a long time so so that um this is really great our guest today has been neil mergai sitarist overtone singer percussionist composer teacher and co-artistic director of the brooklyn raga massive the topics we discussed included Neil's beginnings as a musician, his education, the beginnings and the founding of the Brooklyn Raga Massive, overview of the Brooklyn Raga Massive's mission and accomplishments, including their progress in putting on performances, education, and music activism, their collaborations with people such as Adam Rudolph, how they maintained their integrity as a musician's organization during the pandemic, their strategies and processes for promotion, PR, marketing, funding, and financing, and their solidarity with Musicians for Musicians. If you'd like to hear more interviews like this one, please hit the subscribe button. We thank you for your support. We did very well the last few years. We found new audiences, and we have been working hard to bring incredible stories and content. And we plan to do more of this in the years ahead. We have always been consistent, and we believe that an important step toward the success of the music community is in building an independent media. If you would like to help us on that journey, please go to musiciansformusicians.org. You can become a supporter or a member and help our work reach even more people. My name is Dawood Kringle, and you have been listening to MFM Speaks Out. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's leave you with one final piece of music. This is a recording by the Brooklyn Raga Massive Orchestra titled In D.